Hey, welcome to the podcast. Going to keep it short and sweet. This one, the first the first few minutes could literally change your life. Uh, today, a lot of messages that you really need to hear. I would listen to the full podcast if you have time today. Otherwise, uh, grab what you can from today's podcast. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. The power of one. One person having an idea, sharing it with someone else. Them using their skills, involving others. That's when the collective matters, when we are all working as individuals with our own skills. You want to save the nation? We have to first save ourselves. The minute our hearts go cold, we're done. We're done. And what we've been watching in Afghanistan has been heartbreaking on so many fronts. Well, I'm not going to sit here and let the White House or our federal government or our Pentagon screw this up. I am not going to abandon. Do you know that they now say we're not sure if we can get, you know, everybody worked for us, including you Americans. You just shelter in place. Don't go to the airport next day. Well, you should have gone to the airport. We're not sure we can get you. This is an abomination in our name. Monday, I called our chief operating officer of the Nazarene Fund. It's Rudy Atala. He is lieutenant colonel he's retired from the air force 21 years in the united states air force he was special operations aviation intelligence counterterrorism he was on the uh served on the national security council advised the president he's now the guy that i've selected to be the chief operating officer for the nazarene fund and I am thrilled that he is part of the team because this guy never gives up. Rudy, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Glenn. It's good to hear your voice. Good to hear you. Uh, especially with the news that you have today. Can you tell me what you've done? Uh, yes, Glenn. Uh, I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm working with, uh, with several of our, of, uh, our partners uh, in um, in the Middle East, and right now, um, hold on just a second. Have... Hold on just a second. I've never heard him use so many ums, and this is because Rudy cannot give very much information uh, for security uh, reasons. So uh, he's going yeah. to be a little a little vague here. But go ahead. <clears throat> We're trying to extract several thousand people um, out of Afghanistan. Uh, the The problem is is getting to the airport has been extremely difficult. Uh, these individuals that we are helping are mostly women and children. Many of them converted to Christianity. They've been in safe houses for a long time. Um, in 2009, the Afghan government had changed the ID cards and forced people to declare their religious affiliations. Oh so these these individuals did not want to renounce Christ. So they they already claim themselves on their ID cards as Christians. 
And now they're hunkered down, afraid to go to the airport because the Taliban's looking for them. From what I understand, the Taliban has a list of these, some of these people. We've got some aircraft already waiting um, to, to take off. Uh, we're testing some of the airfields uh, to see if we can extract them from there. All the borders are closed. The land borders are closed. So we have to create an air bridge to get these individuals out. Um, I've got folks on the ground uh, that are working. Uh, as I said, we have partner uh, uh, organizations that I'm working very closely with. I was up last night, all last night, um, and working all day yesterday trying to coordinate some of this stuff. I've been providing at least some of my um, input and knowledge in how to move the aircraft and what to do. Um, the goal is to get these folks extracted safely to, and we're working on uh, different destinations to bring them to. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not at liberty, as you said, uh, yeah, to, yeah. to say much right now until, right. until we get them out. But uh, also, uh, you know, some of them are pastors with families. Um, and these people are uh, under extreme, extreme danger because the Taliban wants to make an example. They'll be crucified. Of them, yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll oh. be crucified. So, um, uh, Rudy, what is this going to cost? Right now, uh, one of the charter companies that we're working with is, is, uh, is telling us that it's going to be about $4,000 per person for chartering the plane and having the flight crew to go in and out. Um, we, as I said, we have uh, north of several thousand people. So we're going to have to raise quite a bit of money to, uh, to get these folks out. The planes are ready. They're in place. We're ready to, to, to move forward, hoping in the next 40 hours to get quite a bit of, of folks out. So any support we can get from our, from our partners would be extremely appreciated. Every life counts. So we're doing our best to get them out. Okay. Um, uh, wow. Um, we are looking at a, an enormous amount of money. Um, here is the, um, here's the ask of you. Uh, I want you to, uh, I want you to give today, um, if you can, to the point of where it hurts. And that could be a dollar, could be $10, um, might be a hundred. I'm just sitting here, um, uh, an amount of money that would, uh, that I would feel an impact on, uh, for me is different than for you, Rudy. I, I will, uh, I'll pony up the first hundred grand. Um, now let's have the audience see what they can do. We have th how many thousands of people do we need to get out? With, without giving exact numbers, it's, it's north of a few thousand people. North of five? Uh, north of a few, a few thousand. It's going to be somewhere between, I would just, uh, let me say it this way. Uh, uh, we're between 3,000 and 5,000 people. Okay. All right. Uh, um, Rudy, thank you very much. When, when can we start? I mean, just wrote for the first, what, 40. So how, when can we start? How much money do we need to start? Um, if, 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 
as much as we can. Right now, we've got the charter planes standing by. We have to pay them, give them a down payment to start flying from, um, you know, to, to start flying in. We've got some planes that we've already chartered. Um, and some 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 folks are volunteering some of their aircraft, but we the, with the amount of people we have to do several rotations in. Holy cow. Um, and and so a, a, any amount. How are, are, I mean, geez, Rudy, we have so few friends down on the ground. Um, uh, I just pray for you and everyone involved because I know how dangerous it's going to be. Um. Thank you, Rudy. Sincerely, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. thank you for your support. You bet. Here's I, how I want you to uh, donate today. Go to thenazarenefund.org. Thenazarenefund.org. Every single penny that you can come up with will go to flying those planes and getting those people out. We need, obviously, an enormous amount of money. I did not, I was not aware that it was that many people. Um, I've only gotten sketchy details throughout the night. I didn't realize we were talking that many people. Um, These are people that um, are marked for what they believe in. This is why, in 2016, we started the Nazarene Fund. Don't wait around for anyone else to do it. Don't wait around. Please go to thenazarenefund.org and donate. You could also donate right through mercuryone.org if, if hopefully the nazarenefund.org uh, is uh, too slow for you. Uh, go to mercuryone.org and just mark it for the Nazarene Fund. Uh, We need your help as soon as possible. I ask that you would give until it hurts today because these people are entirely alone and they will be crucified. If you are marked as a Christian with the Taliban, you know what will happen to them. We can get them out. Be an Oscar Schindler today. Go to thenazarenefund.org. That's thenazarenefund.org. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Well, summer is coming to an end soon, but our outdoor life is still for the taking. Nothing brings family and friends together quite like throwing some delicious food on the grill. And no grill will cook your food quite like a Rectech. With its smart grill technology, the Rectech rises above the competition to create the ultimate cooking experience. Imagine throwing on those perfect steaks, those juicy burgers and hot dogs, and maybe even, you know, a vegetable or two if you're feeling like crazy, and having everything turn out absolutely perfect and delicious. Well, with Rectech, that's exactly what you're going to get because it monitors its own internal heat throughout the cooking process and makes sure everything is heated evenly. Meanwhile, you can monitor everything 
everything from an app on your phone or a device. If you're looking for a new grill, look no further. It's time to get a Rectech. Follow Rectech on all social media and sign up for their newsletter at Rectech with a Q at the end dot com. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. Ken Cuccinelli, welcome to the program, sir. Good morning. Uh, I, uh, you know, we just in this weekend that we had all this trouble in Afghanistan, uh, the uh, the White House, uh, I'm sorry, the DHS issues a, a warning uh, without any specific evidence that those who object to the vaccine uh, and the mask mandates are possibly plotting a terrorist attack. And they're very, very dangerous. Uh, and, of course, we have the January 6th people. Very, very dangerous. Ken, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't plan uh, this destruction of our country and a way to get people to not take the vaccine. I couldn't plan a better plan than what Biden is doing right now in his administration. Can you please shed some light on this? Well... I mean, you're seeing the politicization of the terrorist warning authorities that DHS has. And that's what that is. That is, uh, look, I'm I'm suing the House on behalf of three congressmen for their magnetometer fines. Nancy Pelosi requires everyone in Congress to go through magnetometers. And the reason she does isn't because <clears throat> there's any evidence of a threat, like you said in the intro, Glenn. It's because she wants them to be props in the narrative of the Democrats that Republicans are dangerous just by being Republicans. And, um, you know, you see that playing out here with DHS as well, is they just announce these people are a threat. And um, and look, there's a downside to this beyond just politics. When they drive resources to non-existent or minimal threats, they take those resources away from real threats. And the retiring head of the Border Patrol just said also this weekend uh, that, you know, we've never seen more opportunity for potential terrorists coming through the southern border because it's so wide open. Uh, And, uh, you know, all these things are happening at the same time. And, uh, you know, you'd, you'd think this administration wants people to attack the United States. Well, I will tell you this, uh, when you look at how many just Russians are coming across the border, there's an enormous amount of Russians. Well, what's that all about? How come there's so many Chinese people that are coming across? I mean, we have no idea of, of who is coming across our border right now. And we also don't seem to care about COVID. And yet, if I push back uh, on mask mandates, I am a terrorist, but... They're just letting, you know, all these people come through with COVID and then dumping them into our cities. Yeah, there's two things that uh, the administration says they're serious about. They clearly aren't. One is COVID for the very reason you cite, Glenn. I mean, they're literally letting through 15 and 20 percent testing populations and then flying them around the country. Uh, They're spending taxpayer dollars to fly them into our country rather than fly them home. That's one. Two is crime. They talk about wanting to get tough on crime or really what they talk about is wanting it to go down. Um, And yet they're releasing 
hardcore criminals, repeat criminals on the border into our country. And they knowingly, that's policy of this administration. So, you know, when you hear them talk about COVID and uh, everybody should tighten up, well, maybe they should tighten up first. When you when you hear them talking about crime, they're letting hardened criminals, not just drunk drivers, but gang members, MS-13 types, into our country knowingly and intentionally. So this administration is not serious about these issues. They are pandering hard to their radical left-wing base that presumes everybody who comes in illegally will eventually uh, become a voter and vote for vote their way. And by the way, in the S-1 bill on the Senate floor that one of the last acts Chuck Schumer did before the Senate went to August vacation was get this thing to the floor. It forces states to register everyone in their databases, which includes millions of non-citizens and illegal aliens to put them on the voter rolls. Oh my gosh. And it gets rid of the criminal penalty for those folks if they vote in our elections. Of course, that's quite intentional, so they will vote. Um, and they want to swamp our elections with millions of non-citizens, who, again, they assume will vote their way. Though I would point out to folks that uh, Hispanic voters are moving harder and harder in the direction of Republicans. Good. I mean, we represent their values. I mean, we have yes, the same the same values. I don't know why it hasn't happened before, but um, Ken, you know, you you um, you started uh, the election transparency group, electiontransparency.org. Um, and the left is operating as if there is no uh, consequence for their actions. I mean, they are just as far left as possible. I've never, honestly, I could not design a plan to destroy this country that would work more effectively than what they're doing right now. Um, and and his popularity is going through the floor. Democrats are in polls are looking like they're going to just be swept out in Congress. And yet it doesn't seem to matter to them. What is it that they know that we don't know about 22 and 2024? Well, look, they think regardless of political circumstances, if they can get their federal takeovers of elections through, they can win elections as long as you and I are alive. And um, and they're willing to bet a country they don't care about, that being America, um, on their ability to get there. I would also point out that 11 years ago in Obamacare, they knew they were going to lose the House. And yet, you know, in one sense, I give them credit. They pressed ahead and did their ideological health care takeover. And Republicans who screamed and yelled about it for years um, were unwilling to, when they had the power and authority to do so, to undo it. Mitch McConnell ran 36,000 anti-Obamacare ads in October alone of 2014 when he was running for re-election in a tough race. What did he do about it? He beat up Ted Cruz and Mike Lee for trying to actually do what he was advertising that he was going to do. Um, you know, these guys don't fight Democrats as hard as they fight conservatives. Um, and, you know, so that takes us back to the left. They're willing to go all in and lose seats to move this stuff because they believe it's an investment that pays off over time, much like taking the political hit on the border in the short term. They believe they're going to get millions of voters out of these illegal aliens invading the country. And how, that's what it is. It's how, an invasion. How likely is 
S1 to pass? I think it's very unlikely. Um, they are desperate to try to break the filibuster. And uh, you probably saw it's been a busy weekend. H.R. 4, the John Lewis Act, was submitted in the House. Uh, it's worse than it was last year. went from six pages to about uh, 65 pages of, of federal takeover of elections. And um, we'll see if any Republicans support it. That would be a bad sign and it would be a bad move on their part because this is the bill. This is the bill, Glenn, that they intend to try to break the filibuster on. Um, and when the filibuster is broken, it won't just be elections that are gone. They'll even with just a 50 50 Senate, they'll pop through things on guns, abortion, you name it. And uh, the, the, the firewall of the filibuster will be gone. And meanwhile, um, we have the post office spying on people. I didn't know the post office had an intelligence arm. We now have the Capitol Police becoming an intelligence agency. What the hell is happening, Ken? Yeah, well, not a lot of danger in the Capitol Police developing a lot of intelligence capability anytime soon. Well, um, I, well I, will I, mean, t- I will tell you this. <laughs> they're the one organization we can't have a FOIA request for. Well, anything in the legislative branch you can't get a FOIA request for because when they passed the FOIA law, they exempted themselves. Um, so you can't get it of, of congressmen or committees either. Um, so everything in the legislative branch is, is immune from FOIA. Uh, so all the more important that Republicans take the House next year, or hopefully the Senate too, and just start subpoenaing these materials and sharing them with the public, because we need to know whether our government is trying to just spy on us. Uh, You know, you're talking to a guy who sued the NSA over the metadata gathering seven years ago, and and the Congress changed the law to get rid of the metadata gathering. So that, you know, we can can move the ball forward and, and make things right, but I'll tell you, with the people in power today, and as you said, the priority is the radical left, uh, you know, I compare now to back when Reagan was president with Tip O'Neill. Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan didn't always agree, but no one ever doubted Tip O'Neill thought the Constitution was the greatest foundation exactly of a right. government in the in history and that America was the most exceptional nation on the planet. And that's Tip O'Neill I'm talking about, not just Ronald Reagan. I'm not sure that's a majority position in the House oh, Democrat caucus today. I, I'm not sure that there are that it's unanimous as a decision with the Republicans. I think Republicans, some think that the Constitution is nice. And of course, I believe in it. But we got, you know, times have changed. We have things to do. Ends justify the means, right? Yep. Yep. So, um, Ken, how can the average person um, help? What can the average person do? Um, and I'm not looking for busy work. I'm looking for things that we can actually do that will make a difference. I mean, you were a Tea Party guy. That's when you came to the, the yeah. forefront. So those people are still out there, but they're not marching because that makes no difference. That's what they feel. Yeah. So things that make a difference immediately. So I'll give you a Virginia example where I am. We have a governor's race. We have the most important race of the year this year in Virginia. And what I'm urging people to do, and I'd urge people in all the other states to do it for next year, don't just volunteer for campaigns. Of course, you've got to help the candidates that are going to actually move the needle. But go be an election officer. Go be a hired election officer. 
They bring citizens in, they pay you, not a ton, but they pay you to participate in executing your own election. You know, there was so much, frankly, it was the, the elections in 2020 were, were quite a mess. And the best solution to that, even better than passing good laws and all the rest, when then there are going to be places we can't do that, like Virginia right now, um, all we can do is have our folks in there watching and conducting the election so that so where we do you go them to pull it off where fairly. do you go to typically do that your, typically you go to your local registrar or county clerk different there are different titles in different places um, and you're and whether you like the Republican party or not they usually the local chairman typically signs off on the Republican election officials. But I'll tell you, virtually everywhere I've ever looked, um, Democrats staff their slots at a two to one ratio over Republicans. Holy cow. And, which means the slots are available for people willing to go do the work. And uh, if you think of just Georgia, the general election in Georgia was a genuine mess. It was a mess. We're still reading about it, right? But the special election where people were sort of mobbing the place, if you will, and they knew everybody in the world was watching, you don't hear any stories about problems with that election. You know why? Because we were swarming it, because we were watching it. I can tell you as a former attorney general, when bad guys think they're being watched, they don't misbehave, even though they're bad. Really good and advice. It, go, it goes a long way, and it's to your point. Give me something you can really do. This is something you can really do. And the appointments in Virginia are three years. And I don't know what they are in each of your listeners' home states, but this isn't just one-and-done elections. Go sign up now. Be in the pipeline now. And be aware you should say, I'll serve anywhere. And there are some states, like you know Pennsylvania, where you need people from Bucks County to go into Philadelphia. You know, you, you, Virginia, it's Richmond, it's Fairfax. And, uh, you know, we all have those disparities. Don't just be willing to serve in your home territory. Um, be willing to move around okay. and to let that be known. And you got to start early. So, you know, that's something to start right now. Okay. Right now. Ken, thank you so much. Ken Cuccinelli. You can uh, follow him. The website is electiontransparency.org, or you can follow him on Twitter at Ken Cuccinelli. Thanks, Ken. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. I was 10 years old. 10 years and two days, it was February 12th, 1974, when a guy who had been in and out of gulags uh, in Russia wrote a letter and released Live Not By Lies. I want to read it to you, and I want you to remember this was written in 1974 to the Soviet people. See if it applies to you today. There was a time when we dared not rustle a whisper, but now we write and read and we congregate heartily complaining to each other of all the things that they are muddling up, of all they are dragging us into. There's that unnecessary bravado around our ventures into space against the backdrop of ruin and poverty at home and the buttressing of a distant salvage of regimes the kindling of civil wars and the ill thought out cultivation of Mao 
at our expense to boot. In the end, we'll be the ones sent out against him and we'll have to go. What other option will there be? And they put whomever they want on trial and brand the healthy as mentally ill. And it is always they while we are helpless. We're approaching a brink. Already a universal spiritual demise is upon us, a physical one that is about to flare up and engulf us and our children while we continue to smile sheepishly and babble. But what can we do to stop it? We haven't the strength. We have been so hopelessly seated, our humanity, that for the modest handouts of today, we're ready to surrender up all principles Surrender up our soul, all the labors of our ancestors, all the prospects of our descendants, anything to avoid disrupting our meager little existence. We've lost our strength. We've lost our pride. We've lost our passion. We don't even fear a common nuclear death. We don't fear for a third world war. Perhaps we'll just hide away in some crevice. The only thing we fear is to take a civic stance. We don't want to stray from the herd. We can't set out on our own and and risk suddenly having to make do without. We have internalized well the lessons drummed into us by the state. We are forever content and comfortable with its premise. We cannot escape the environment, the social conditions. They shape us. Being determines consciousness. What have we have what what do we have to do with this? We can't really do anything. But we can do everything. Even if we comfort and lie to ourselves that this is not so. It's not they who are guilty of everything, but we ourselves, only we. Some will counter, but really, I mean, there's nothing that can be done. Our mouths are gagged. No one listens to us. No one asks us. How can we make them listen to us to make them reconsider? It is impossible. Now, the natural thing would just to simply not reelect them. But there are no real reelections in our country. In the West, in the West, they have strikes and protest marches. But we're too cowed, too scared. How does one just give up one's job, just go out into the street? All of the other fateful means resorted to over the last century of Russia's bitter history are even less fitting for us today. True, let's not fall back on them. Today, when all the axes have hewn what they have hacked, when all that was sown has borne fruit, We can see how lost, how drugged were those conceited youths who sought through terror, bloody uprisings and civil war to make the country just and content. No, thank you, fathers of the Enlightenment. We now know the vileness of the means begets the vileness of the result. Let our hands be clean. So has the circle closed? Is there indeed no way out? So the only thing left to do is wait inertly? What if something just happens by itself? 
but it will never come unstuck by itself. If we all every day continue to acknowledge, glorify and strengthen it. If we do not at least recoil from its most vulnerable point. Lies. When violence bursts onto the peaceful human condition, its face is flush with self-assurance. It displays on its banner and proclaims, I am violence, make way, step aside, or I will crush you. But violence ages swiftly. A few years pass, and it's no longer so sure of itself. So to prop itself up to appear decent, it will, without fail, call forth its ally, Lies. For violence has nothing to cover itself with but lies, and lies can only persist through violence. And it is not every day and not on every shoulder that violence brings down its heavy hand. It demands of us only a submission to lies, a daily participation in deceit. And this suffices as our fealty. And therein we find. Neglected by us, the simplest, the most accessible key to our liberation. A personal non-participation in lies. Even if all is covered by lies, even if it's all under their rule, let us resist in the smallest way. Let their rule hold not through me. This is the way to break out of the imaginary encirclement of our inertness. The easiest way for us and the most devastating for the lies. For when people renounce lies, lies simply cease to exist. For like parasites, they can only survive when attached to a person. We are not called upon to step out into the square and shout out the truth. To say out loud what we think. This is scary, and perhaps we're not ready. But let us at least refuse to say the things that we do not think. This is the way, then, the easiest and most accessible for for us, given our deep-seated organic cowardice. It's much easier. scary to even utter the words. It's much easier than civil disobedience a la Gandhi. Our way to start must be never knowingly support lies. Having understood where the lies begin, and many see this line differently, step back from that gangrenous edge. Let us not glue back the flaking scales of the ideology, not gather back its crumbling bones, nor patch together its decomposing garb. And we will be amazed how swiftly and helplessly the lies will fall away. And that which is destined to be naked will be exposed as such to the world. And so, thus overcoming our temerity, let each man today choose. Will he remain a witting servant of the lies? Needless to say, not due to natural predisposition, but in order to provide a living for the family. So just rear the children, but you're rearing them in the spirit of lies. 
Or has the time come for that man to stand straight as an honest man, worthy of the respect of his children and contemporaries? And from that day onward, the man who will not write, sign, or publish in any way a single line distorting, so far as he can see, the truth. A man who will not utter such a line in private or in public conversation, nor read it from a crib sheet, nor speak it in the role of an educator, a canvasser, a teacher, or an actor. They will not in painting, sculpture, photography, technology, or music depict, support, or broadcast a single false thought, a single distortion of the truth as he discerns it. That man will rise and not cite in writing or in speech a single guiding quote for gratification, insurance for his success at work, unless he fully shares the cited thought and believes that it fits the context precisely. Will that man start today? Not raise a hand in a vote for a proposal which he does not sincerely support. He will not vote openly or in secret ballot for a candidate who he deems dubious or unworthy. He will not be impelled to a meeting where a forced and distorted discussion is expected to take place. Let me say that again. That man stands up and will not be impelled to a meeting where he is forced and distorted discussion is expected to take place. He will at once walk out from a session, meeting, lecture, play, or film as soon as he hears the speaker utter a lie, ideological drivel, or shameless propaganda. That man will not subscribe to nor buy in retail a newspaper or a journal that distorts or hides the underlying facts. This is not an exhaustive list. Because there are so many possible and necessary ways of evading lies. Yes, at first it will not be fair. Someone will have to temporarily lose their job. For the young who seek to live by the truth, this will at first severely complicate your life. For your tests and your quizzes too are stuffed with lies. And so choices will, not, will have to be made. But there is no loophole left for anyone who seeks to be honest. Not even for a day, not even in the safest technical op- uh, occupations, can he avoid even a single one of the listed choices to be made in favor of either truth or lies. In favor of spiritual independence or spiritual servility. And as for him who lacks the courage to defend even his own soul, let him not brag of his views, his progressive views, boast of his status as an academian or recognized artist or distinguished citizen or general. Let him say to himself plainly, I'm cattle. I'm a coward. I seek only warmth and to eat my fill. For those of us who have grown state over time, even this most moderate path of resistance will not be easy to set out upon. 
but how much easier it is than setting yourself on fire or a hunger strike. Betrayed and deceived by us, did not a great European people, the Czechoslovaks, show us how one can stand down the tanks with bared chest alone as long as inside beats a worthy heart. You know, he goes on and he says, this is not going to be an easy path, perhaps, but it is the easiest among those that lie before us. And I keep telling you, if you don't stand now, you're, you're not going to stand when it counts. Here he is trying to reverse decades of people remaining silent. He says, it's not going to be an easy choice for the body, but the, it's the only one for the soul. It's not an easy path. But then we already have among us people, dozens even, dozens, he writes, who have for years abided by all these rules, who now live by the truth. We don't have to be first. Our job is to join. The more of us that set out together, the thicker our ranks, the easier and shorter this path will be for all of us. If we become thousands, they will not cope. They will not be able to touch us. If we grow to tens of thousands, we will not recognize our country. Will you join me in this effort? And I'm going to tweet this link out and I want you to read it. It's not that hard. You don't have to become superhuman. You just have to say the things that you know are true. Always. That's going to be hard because in the last few years we've been trained not to. But always say the truth. It doesn't mean you have to say something. It just means you're not engaging unless the truth is there. And if asked, no, I'm not engaging in that. I, I don't. We all know that's not true. There are already people that are doing that. If we join them, if we join them and we're in the tens and hundreds of thousands, it will quickly grow to the millions and it won't be a partisan thing. Because we're all supposed to stand for the truth. 